Audio. You're listening to Crack Magazine from Top Boy Live, a day of talks and workshops supporting the next generation of British talent in film, TV, music, and beyond. I'm Kazaiwan Kenyan, Crack's podcast host. To celebrate our issue 129 cover story and the new season two of the show on Netflix, we recorded some highlights from the day. Since the show first aired on Channel 4 in October 2011, Top Boy has been defined by its rich, unpredictable, and most importantly, authentic characters. Kano's inner moral conflicts as Sully, Dave's explosive turn as season three antagonist Modi, and Jalade Abasola's tender resilience as single mother Amma. But how do you build characters that are lasting? And how do you make sure what they're saying is believable? For a present day show like Top Boy, the clothes of the characters are crucial to situating them in the here and now. Lauren Miller is the show's wardrobe designer. A lot of the world that we see in Top Boy, it's such a dark world. I think I wanted to carry on the fact that all of the characters almost have like a bit of a signature colour. So I carried that into the season. And I think the kind of family elements where we see Pat and we see all of the like community, that was about it being warm and like really soft textures and, you know, like knitted jumpers where you want it to feel like warm and cosy and friendly. But I think when you kind of go to the other world of like the gangs it's like a lot harder it's like a much harder exterior it's a lot darker I think it was important and I chatted to Brady about this quite a lot at the beginning just bringing that juxtaposition between the two the two worlds was really important in this season for uh, something like Top Boy again because it's in existence before you are looking at how the characters are built but for any new characters that come into the show you have to think about where they live, what they do, their kind of social standing, their affordability, where they shop, the music that they listen to. So you're kind of building a character and all of their influences in the world because we all dress in different ways depending on you know, how we feel. I think sometimes in film and TV, colour is used really strongly to kind of illustrate a mood or a feeling. But also, you know, especially for something like Top Boy, it's some, some of the clothing that people that are authentic to this culture it's, it's almost like a uniform if you kind of look at you know particular groups you know you only have to go into Stratford Westfield and see kind of a group of boys from East London and they're kind of all wearing black tracksuits so and then you want to bring in elements of character a way that someone wears something um, if they have to go and do something and it you know involves putting their hood up or hiding away or layers illustrating vulnerability in a character uh, different textures using you know two black items on on a person if you've got different textures and different feels to the fabric it shows up on camera different ways so it's just about you know thinking of all of those elements when you're putting together a costume this season i really love how i've dressed jasmine i think the character of jack just kind of using different elements of pops of like lime green and different leathers and just there's a really cool like super dry vest that she wears with like a lime green edge it's a black machino hoodie and it's got a lime green edge to the zip and it's just a moment where she just looks cool continuing its legacy of making actors out of stars from other worlds the second series of the revived top boy sees adua aboa's arrival as jack's mysterious love interest bex a figure worlds away from the Summerhouse estate. 
The first part of thinking about Bex as a character was that she's not from the same world as Jack. And I think it was really important to illustrate the parallels. Like, Jack is a character that wears, you know, she wears tracksuits. She's, like, on the roads. You know, she's very heavily into streetwear. But I think it was important to show that Bex isn't like that. She's, like, an advertising executive and kind of getting the juxtaposition between the two. I think in the first scene where they meet initially... I used colour to kind of illustrate some form of reflection between the two of them. And so they're in kind of similar colours. But it's just quite nice to see that they're from two different worlds. So, and obviously Adjua is beautiful. She's an amazing person and so easy to dress. And I just wanted her to look like she doesn't belong there. For stylists, a starting point of building a wardrobe is the scripts. Where has this character going? Where has this character been? What is this person thinking? All of these granular details are key to progressing a story and building connection between an audience and subjects. Tyrone Rashads is a scriptwriter for Top Boy. Starting out as a fan of the show, he's now responsible for giving the dialogue its signature authenticity after being personally brought on board by the show's creator, Ronan Bennett. It's pretty well known, I think, that um, Series 1 actually inspired me to be a scriptwriter. When I saw Series 1, I was looking at a show that was filmed in the area that I grew up in, Hackney, Stoke New in Dalston. And I was watching this show and I was watching characters of a similar peer group to the people that I grew up around, lifestyles and, and whatnot, I was very aware of. And um, it was when I watched uh, series one, I knew I had stories to tell and I knew I wanted to be a scriptwriter. At the end of the day, you know, we all know the genre. It's, it's, it's a black show with black characters. And um, we have our own culture and, and, and the way we speak is, is, is a thing. So um, he said, look, we need, I'd like some help with the dialogue and stuff. I said, yeah, I can do that all day long. That's, that's light work to me. I understand the dialogue. And, um, and then he invited me for another meeting, but this time to meet his whole team. After that meeting, he, he pulled, Ronan pulled me inside and he shook my head and he said, welcome to Topway. <laughs> Basically, Ronan said, I need, a, I need a really harsh stop by the police. And I've experienced hundreds of them over the years, so I, I literally wrote that within minutes and sent that over to him. So he would write the episode, top to bottom, and then he would send it over to me. And I will basically, I understand exactly what he wants to say, what he wants each character to say and how he wants him to say it. And I just basically translate it. He's pretty good at the, as it is in terms of getting the dialogue almost there. But um, he sends it to me and I would literally translate it into what it really should be. The way the writer's room is set up, it's um, Ronan, lead writer. And then we've got another great writer called Daniel West for this particular series and myself as well as our story consultant Jerry Jackson who who kind of regales us with incredible stories about things going on in Hackney he's a known figure in Hackney and he has a lot of tales and stories to tell us fully real stories 100% real life stories as miserable as they are but they're fascinating you know we, we sit down around the table and we just pick ideas Ronan has a path that he wants, a direction that he wants to take of the episodes. And we kind of understand the direction he wants to go in, what he'd like to happen to this character, what he'd like to happen to that character, how we're introducing this new one. 
this other character's leaving or whatever. We kind of fill in the blanks as writers. We've got beats, story beats of what happens first 10 minutes, first 20 minutes, half hour. And then we fill in the blanks and we bring our own ideas and whatnot to the table. It was mad for me personally because Ashley and Sully, I'm, I'm not afraid to admit I'm a fan of, of both of them. Kane from a music perspective. Both of them from a music perspective. It's my first love music, I, I, I love it. And, and watching these giants in music from sort of 2006 and whatnot, so solid and stuff like that. So watching them on my screen and being inspired by what they do to now be in the room discussing what we're going to make them do and what we're going to make them say. It's just incredible. Since the very start of Top Boy, casting director Des Hamilton has been instrumental in finding the acting talent which brings the show to life. Speaking at Top Boy Live, he remembered the moment he first encountered the script. Initially when I was sent it by Charles and Ali at Cowboy Films, I, I read and I loved it, obviously. I thought it was great. I'm from a very similar environment in Glasgow. It wasn't a job to me, I felt it was a responsibility and that's the way we've approached it as a, you know, I'm, I work alongside some great people that have really contributed a great deal to the process. My colleagues, we're all aware of what's needed on every part to maintain that authenticity throughout. And no way not to dilute the genius of Ronan Bennett's writing or the superb directors we've been fortunate to have from Anil Korea, Jan Demange, you know, Nia da Costa, last time out, Mariam Kobe, all of them. There's been a lot of major contributing factors, you know. Charles and Ali have been very supportive of everything that Ronan puts down there, but then I think bringing those kind of actors that have that experience has uh, helped to elevate it further. And uh, nobody's precious on top by it. It's been a joy. Everybody, we're all going in the same direction. We all want to make the best show. And I remember there was some line that Kano was struggling with or whatever, and he said, I would say this. And everybody was like, yeah, fucking say it the way you would say it. And Kano went in and he, he brought his own his own vocabulary, his own vernacular to it, and uh, it works. You know, I'm like, what the fuck do I know about how a kid speaks in East London? The line was, light him up. They were talking about, shoot him. I'm of the good fellas generation. <laughs> Probably if it was down to me, they would have been a, a guy shouting, whack him. Using Glaswegian, fucking attack him. <laughs> With everything you've got. Coming from rap and grime, where there was a for me, the backbone of it is storytelling. These people have got the likes of Keno and Ashley and Dave Sims uh, have got a tremendous rhythm. You know, they tap into that rhythm and then they really own it, take hold of it and then play with it. And that helps everybody around them. And I'm sure they would say the same of the actors and I'm sure the actors would say the same of a street cast. It's a nice mixture of cast we've been fortunate to have and as well Sims's uh, recall was phenomenal I'll never forget that she'd never been to an audition never acted and she came in and she was like fucking do you know if Meryl Streep had have been in the room she would have been 
chatting to t Sims afterwards, looking for some acting tips. It was fucking outstanding. As well as rerouting the careers of musicians like Kano, Sims and Dave, Top Boy has been a springboard for some of Britain's most exciting talents, namely Letitia Wright and Michaela Cole. Des remembers being in the room for those electric introductions. From the first series, Letitia Wright, I didn't know she was an actress and she was coming in. I just thought she was superb and I remember we had some other great people up for that role. I think I used to go home at night and pray that Jan and the production would choose Letitia. That's a standout moment for me and I remember Jan was, is, became my friend during the process and uh, we were having a bite to eat one day and he said, oh yeah, I'm going to cast Letitia. <laughs> And I wanted to fuck off to the toilet and have a cry. <laughs> I was like so happy. And I was trying to stay cool. I was saying, yeah, it's a good choice. It's a really good choice, mate. You know, <laughs> you know, in some nice restaurant nearby the casting office. I couldn't, I think they could have did without me sitting there fucking punching the air and screaming in <laughs> machine, machine gun Glaswegian. Michaela as well was, I remember her coming in and, and what an energy, what a force. I kind of, you could see then, this was a really special talent. Yeah, they're part of the fabric that is taught by today, even though it's over 10 years ago now. Once the actors are found, the words are written and the wardrobe is refined, characters are complete when the actors step into their shoes and shoot. For BAFTA-winning Londoner Michael Wards, taking on the role of Jamie changed the course of his career, and returning to perform the character is now a deeply personal experience. For me, returning to Jamie was a bit... I was excited. I, I remember the first day I went in to kind of do rehearsals with the director, Brady, I started crying. I'm like quite an emotional person, but I was just like raw, like, you know, my life changed so much because of this person, Jamie. You get what I'm trying to say? Like, even though he's a fictional character, he's very much based on truth and, and, and stuff that happens in real life. But either way, me being Jamie, I owe him so much because he has literally changed my life forever. So like, I was, those were the thoughts that was going through my head when I first came back. And yeah, I was just excited to kind of do him justice. I wanted to do right by him and, and you know, make sure I tell his story in the best way that I can. I just like that he's just got so many different sides to him. I know. Most people are like that, but you never really get to see that, especially from um, black people come from my demographic background. You get what I'm trying to say? The stories where either like the, the little side character or a, a best friend of a character that just dies very early on, or you're, black people are always the first to die as well, and certain. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Wherever they're the you know I'm saying? Or well, we're just a minority in the cast. This is very much a black cast. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So yeah, I kind of just love the fact that. He, he's a black character that has so many different sides to him that you get to see all of those sides. That's what excited me about season one. This season was le less so because, you know, it's all about kind of that rebuilding with his brothers and stuff like that, which not becomes one tone, but, you know, it's finding the different tones within that space. Whereas before you had him with the brothers and then with the gang and then with Lizzie and then trying to work all of these things out and kind of just seeing him in different, loads of different... Um, situations and stuff. But yeah, I feel like he's just so, so different. And, I'm, and I feel like with, with someone like Jamie as well, you get young people that love him, older people that love him, females love him and boys love him. So it's a, it's a great position, it's a great character to play. There's a moment where I'm speaking to my little brother about family and stuff like that. And it's just kind of like, you know, we've got to be there for our people. 
And that just, re I relate to that so much now because, you know, like, I feel like we're in a culture where we don't really give people their flowers while they're here. We give it to them when they're gone. And I've never really been like that. I've always just kind of like, if I rate someone's work, I'll tell them because the worst they can do is just not react how I want them to react or, do you know what I'm trying to say? But at the end of the day, like if they've had an impact on on me, on my mood at any point of my life, it's something special, do you get what I'm trying to say? So that's good. But yeah, I think um, it's just literally that, you just gotta be there for your people. And also as well, you never know what your people are going through, man. And um, it's good to check up on them. Read our cover story with Kano, Ashley Waters, Little Sims and Michael Wards at crapmagazine.net. Subscribe to Crack Audio Stories wherever you get your podcasts. Crack Audio.